All right. Welcome to another edition of the Edlow Podcast. Subscribe if you haven't already. Please subscribe. This is going to be an interesting week because I'm dropping not one but two different Just Me podcasts. And let me tell you why. Um, I recorded my last Q&A Just Me podcast before the news broke about Vince McMahon and his um, his recent lawsuit that came out. And I didn't even know if I was really going to do this. I didn't, I didn't necessarily think I was going to until um, I started seeing some of the comments being posted, obviously all over social media. I mean, my feed is filled. The algorithm knows I'm a, I'm a wrestling guy. And so my feed is filled with Royal Rumble results and Vince McMahon. And I got to tell you, I have been really surprised and some people might be like, oh, are you surprised, Josh? But I am. I've been really surprised um, at the response of many of the people who are wrestling fans. Some people I know, some people I don't. And I felt like, well, you know what? I'm in a pretty unique position here to comment on this. <clears throat> and the reason for that is because, one, I'm an attorney, so I kind of understand how complaints are filed. I understand what the rules are. I have brought cases in federal court, not necessarily like this, but I have. And then also I am a lifelong wrestling fan. And I don't think if you're just a normal person, just a random person who knows wrestling exists and knows who Vince McMahon is because he is wrestling, I don't think you really have an idea, particularly of the power dynamics that probably were there between Vince McMahon and Janelle Grant, which makes the allegations, if true, so much more egregious. Now, let me start by saying a couple of things right out the gate, and I'm going to emphasize, um, because a lot of the things that I'm probably going to say here, you're going to think that I already kept past judgment. And I know I have biases like everybody else, but I am an officer of the court. I am, uh, I try to keep a legal mind. And there's one jury instruction that I think really is important to emphasize here. There's a jury instruction in both federal court and in California state court that says that when you serve on a jury, you are not to make a decision or decide what you believe in the evidence until you've heard both sides. So, that is what I plan on doing. Um, I was shocked when I read, I actually read the complaint because I'm a legal nerd. Um, and obviously if you're reading a headline or you're reading an article, you are not even getting close to the whole story. The complaint is 67 pages long, 67. Uh, I can tell you as someone who files complaints on the regular, that is a long, long, long complaint. Um, 67 pages to kind of really talk about two major parts of the complaint. So first... Voiding the non-disclosure agreement, which she apparently signed. 
And then the second being the actual uh, uh, violations of negligence, as well as uh, exploitation, sexual assault, and human trafficking in violation of the Trafficking Victims Protection Act. So voiding the NDA, the non-disclosure agreement. So they apparently signed some sort of an agreement, at least according to the complaint, there was an agreement signed. And they are now asking the court for declaratory relief, which basically says that they want the the court to determine whether the non-disclosure agreement is or is not valid as a matter of law. And so there's two major premises that I see from this complaint that they're claiming. The first is that it's null and void based on the Speaks Out Act of 2022. So that was a, an act that was signed by Joe Biden in 2022, which makes previous non-disclosure agreements void in circum- certain circumstances regarding sexual assault and exploitation. And then the second part is, is that the non-disclosure agreement was set to have a $1 million lump sum payment at the beginning and then four installments of $500,000 at various intervals. And that the first million dollars was paid, but the second one, the second, the $500,000 installment was set to be paid in uh, February of 2023 and it was never paid which makes it null and void. And then a, a lot of other com- other things on there as well as why it's null and void based on the fact that she signed it under duress and that she signed it, uh, you know, having no bargaining power and things of that nature. This The Trafficking Victims Protection Act, the reason that they're claiming that he and John Laurinaitis trafficked her was because according to the complaint, allegedly, he actually passed her around. It wasn't just he wasn't just having sex with her, but was ordering her to have sex with other people, including an unnamed uh, pro wrestler who was in the middle of a negotiate a contract negotiation in 2022. Um, and uh, that wrestler, I mean, by the numbers, it, he's not named in the complaint, and that's very important. But based on the description, the only person it could have been would have either been you know, Ronda Rousey or Brock Lesnar. Um, And, you know, no one's guessing it was Ronda Rousey, right? So, um, so that is why, and, and the, and the dates match up on uh, claiming that a part of his, the contract negotiations was that this wrestler got to have, uh, got to have some sort of sex acts performed with uh, Janelle Grant. So, Um, So that's where trafficking comes in. And according to the complaint, there are numerous wrestlers, techs, various employees, friends of Vince McMahon that uh, that he ordered her to have sex with. Now, understand complaints are complaints. And let me just say, and every attorney is different. There are certainly skeezball attorneys out there, but I can tell you one of the things I had heard in, in an, or read in an article was you have to understand that complaints are always written, you know, to be the most salacious in favor of the party filing the complaint. Now, what I will tell you is that is true. Uh, whenever I'm putting in a complaint, when I'm writing a complaint, certainly it's persuasive. Um, but it's not unfactual. The, the information that we that we put in our complaints are factual. 
So if I'm doing like a car accident, I'm not making up a car accident. Am I, am I making it sound uh, somewhat, you know, am I making it sound more favorable to my side and to the story that I want to, I want to portray? I mean, there's an argument to be made that that's true, but it's not something that is not true. So uh, now I don't know these attorneys at all, and I don't know Miss Grant at all, but I can tell you that I would I would be hard pressed to think, especially considering that there was a 67-page complaint in there, that they wouldn't place the specifics in there that they placed, even if they did put them in a way that was you know, that was advantageous to their side. If they didn't think that they had the evidence to back them up, back it up. They do reference documents. They reference that medical providers will come in and testify. Um, uh, mental health providers will come in and, and testify that there'll be emails, there'll be text messages. So all of that's referenced in there. Um, now there's another thing that I think I, I the reason why I wanted to, to talk about this was I've heard a few different things online. Some people, like I said, I don't know. And some people that I do who have said things like, wow, she, you know, because there's also referenced in there that she received many, many gifts from uh, Vince McMahon. And, um, you know, there's, you know, there's, I've seen a couple comments of, oh, well, you know, she gave, she took all the gifts and then snitched or, oh, do me next. And, uh, you know, and I can tell you that the people I do know, I've talked to them a little bit offline. And I said, have you even read the complaint? And they said, no. And then they read the complaint and immediately were like, holy crap. Right. Um, because it's salacious. And so I wanted to put some of the things in there. Uh, well, first, you know, let's talk a little bit about why that mentality is such a problem and something that I, and I can, I can speak to this because I can say on, on a very minor level, some of my clients deal with this as well. You know, I tell my clients in a car, who've been involved in car accidents. I mean, nothing like this or salacious like this, but just been injured in a car accident that you're going to feel like you're the one on trial because the defense is always you're faking, you're making it up. And I can tell you as somebody who's been called an ambulance chaser, who's been called a skeezy lawyer, who is, you know, uh, who's benefiting from people's traumas and injuries and things of that nature, that there are a lot of people out there who have those biases, who think someone's in a car accident is just faking for money. And I can tell you that in 99.9%, I mean, I'm not going to lie and say, I'm not going to pretend like that doesn't happen. I'm sure it does. But I can tell you that my clients, when they come in, they are not, they are not faking. Not, there's not enough money in the world to fix some of their problems. I've prosecuted cases for $2,500 and $10 million. And I would tell you that everyone in between would give every dollar back to not be involved in the car accident they were in. 
So I can only imagine somebody who is a victim of some of the, some of the, this is some of the most horrendous things that I've ever read in a complaint. Now, let me just back up and say, I heard back in, I don't remember if it was a year ago or whatever, when Vince McMahon retired the first time that, you know, he had signed some NDAs. And and I remember just thinking to myself as a wrestling fan, I remember thinking, you mean Vince McMahon, the guy who created the Attitude Era where women were scantily clad running around in the re- in the ring and everyone was yelling puppies and you know, things of that nature and a guy who, you know, uh, you know, had all these different women that looked, you know, just Barbie dolls going out there and wrestling who had very little wrestling prowess at all. You're telling me that that guy, Mr. McMahon, the guy who filmed himself doing things with Candace Michelle on TV and, and Trish Stratus and all these different people that that person might've been, you know, having an inappropriate relationship with one of his employees, like, you know, that probably tracks. You know what I mean? Like, that uh, uh, doesn't surprise me, you know? Um, but this does. I mean, and that's why it's so, why it's so horrific for me and actually it's, it's, it's so bothersome for me when I see people suggesting that somehow you know like i heard a comment or something wow super convenient that this happened right after netflix signed a five billion dollar deal with wwe for raw oh like you know her only you know her only objective could could be money okay now and so let me let me just give you some of the 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 highlights of the 67 page complaint so janelle grant had spent most of her adult life taking care of her elderly parents who were sick they happened to live in the same building upon which vince mcmahon owned the penthouse okay because of the money and this is at least what the complaint suggests now i'm not saying that this is all true i'm just telling you this is what the complaint suggests her, par- her parents passed away. They were in the middle of a bankruptcy. Now, I don't know why that was. I didn't catch that in the complaint. I assume it was because of the advanced medical costs of taking care of elderly parents, but it could have been any reason. And she was trying to figure out where she could get a job. And the office manager of her building, who was giving her tips and other people who were giving her uh, giving her things to do and, and helping her pad her resume suggested that she talked to Vince McMahon. And he, of course, met with her and said, we would absolutely put you, you know, together. We'd, we'd find something for you. He kept invent, uh, 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 inviting her up to his, his place in the, in the building. And every time he did, he was very, very nice and told her he was going to change her life and was trying to find her a job at the right space. And all of these different things, and slowly but surely started give, giving her hugs and touching her and asking him to. And, and one day she comes in and he's in his underwear. And they start, you know, and then next thing you know, he starts asking her to touch him. This is what you call grooming behavior. 
okay, where he's promising to change her life. And if anybody has ever dealt with somebody who may be, well, a big buzzword these days is narcissistic, so we'll use that, but someone who uh, is, is a bit uh, controlling, manipulative, they love bomb at the beginning. So sometimes like I've heard I've heard one person very close to me who I've talked to this about say, well, wait a minute, why didn't she quit? Or I saw someone online say, well, why didn't she quit? You know, I've quit for a lot less. Okay, well, I bet your I bet your boss wasn't Vince McMahon. And let's let's talk about Vince McMahon a little bit. I think this is important for the non-wrestling fan to know. Vince McMahon monopolized the wrestling industry for numbers and numbers of years. Just recently, in the last five, six, seven years, there have actually become viable alternatives for wrestlers who want to make a living wrestling. So the only way for most of my life for someone to actually make a living wrestling, uh, there was maybe at best two places you could go if you wanted to make a good living. And everybody knew if you wanted to be a superstar, you had to be in the WWE. Is the only game in town, especially after WCW folded in 2001. So if you think about it, from 2001 till about 2018-19, there was literally nowhere else that you could go where you could make a full-time, good-living wrestling. That's the kind of power he had over wrestlers, over referees, over announcers, over anyone who loved the wrestling business. You don't cross Vince McMahon. He is the king. That's the kind of power he had. And he's a billionaire. He's a billionaire. So here you have a billionaire who has monopolized. I mean, this is not a real estate mogul where there's lots of them. We're not talking about 400 politicians. We're not talking about, you know, we're talking about you. If you want to be in a certain industry, you do not get blackballed by this guy. That's the kind of power he had. You don't think he would use that on somebody? Right? So now, again, I'm, I want to make it clear here. What I'm, what I'm doing here is I'm painting a picture for you so that you can think about this when next time you're questioning. So over time, he gets her a job, making $75,000 a year. Being on the legal team, no legal experience at all, gets her an office. She's working in WWE. All the while, part of this is the demand that their life, that their uh, their relationship be physical. And numerous times, according to the complaint, she said she wasn't comfortable with that because people were going to talk. And he continued to and he continued to insist. All the while, also telling him, "I have very good lawyers." Okay. This needs to keep quiet. They're the kind of people who can draft any agreement you want and make everything look good, and make, but can also make things go away. So he's threatening her without actually threatening her. And as he goes, he gets more and more depraved. And soon, not only is she having sex with him, but it's also getting more rough and more difficult. And he's sending her suggestive texts. texts. And the next thing you know, he's wanting her to be involved with other men, with him in threesomes. 
There's an incident where where he actually defecates on her in a in a threesome and tells her that she has to continue pleasuring the other guy while he goes shower he goes and showers off with his stuff in her hair and on her back. And then he comes back and when the other guy leaves he demands that she finish him off too. That's one instance. There are text messages of him telling her that part of the agreement for this certain wrestler is that he gets to he gets to have sex with her. Or one where he's telling her about how he was talking to all the texts and telling him how there were she, he counted 12 guys in the room and said that she would take all 12 of them but three at a time and how wonderful that would be. They're in the complaint, screenshots of the text messages. All the while, when she's telling her she he doesn't want to she doesn't want to do this, he starts pulling away. She starts worrying about job, her job, the only job she's ever had, the only job to keep her to keep her going. And meanwhile, he's also giving her gifts, which is part of the love bombing, because these people aren't just depraved; they aren't just bad. They start really, really great. They tell you they love you. They tell you you're great. They tell you how awesome you're going to be. They tell you all these things. And then next thing you know, they they crush you. And they do these things. And then your next thing you know, you're a, you're the B word. You're a whore. You're, you know, you're all sorts of terrible names. I'll destroy you. I'll ruin your life. But then they'll tell you how great you are again. So it's a it's 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 uh, disorienting. Now, when you hear all of this, okay, and you read those text messages, you know, you read those, you, um, like here's here's one. Uh, I'll try, I, you know, I'll try to censor these a little bit. Hold on, let me pull this one up here. Um, this is a 77-year-old man. Here's what Blank said after I told him that part of the deal was effing you. La, la, LOL, that's your turf. She will be ruined after me and leave you. Plus, after me, your tool won't fit anymore. I mean, this is this, this is a text message from Vince McMahon, according to the complaint. Now, in the midst of all this, he's paying for her for surgeries she has. He, you know, he's doing all of these other, you know, he's doing all these other things for her. He's giving her gifts card gift cards to Nordstrom WrestleMania private full day you know full day experience with transportation and premium tickets twenty thousand dollars towards her surgery which is paid directly to the office pearl diamonds a cashmere knee length cardigan you know blankets large bouquets of flowers every other week I mean these are all things that the, the list goes on and on and on and on and on and you know these these are you know these are the text messages that he's sending now you read these text messages and you understand those power dynamics he has complete control over her livelihood 
And imagine if even one-tenth of what she is saying is true. So it really bothers me when you hear about this, where you hear things like he was using sex toys on her and naming them after WWE wrestlers as he's using them on there. Some of them that don't that that don't fit and cause her actual injury. Or he's role-playing with her and saying, I'm so-and-so wrestler, or I'm so-and-so wrestler. And then passing her around to John Laurinaitis and saying he wants Tuesdays. So-and-so wants Thursdays. Demanding that she have sex with him in, the, in their office. And when she says no, he says no means yes. This is in the complaint. No means yes. Take it. And multiple men at the same time, and then telling 12 techs that she would take all of them, and they all cheer, according to the text message. And he said, can you imagine suggesting that she do it? Now, after all of that, and reading the text messages, do you really think her only objective could be money? It couldn't possibly be, as mentioned in the complaint, that she's suing him because she's actually suffering from significant PTSD, that she had to be hospitalized for mental health issues, that she goes weeks in bed, fearful to leave her house, that she has flashbacks of her abuse, like, you know, being literally crapped on while being forced to engage in a threesome. And then after signing a, a, an NDA that she felt she had no choice but to sign, he only paid her $1 million of the $3 million he promised her. And then, this is also in the complaint, leaked her name to the press. So then, yes, and I know the wrestling community. I'm sure that there were people who sent her all sorts of text messages and all sorts of letters and all sorts of uh, hateful things online about her. Now, I can tell you that from my perspective, this is just my perspective, reading the text message, the messages, even if everything was consensual, I think most people would agree that sending texts like that as a boss, as powerful as Vince McMahon, to a female employee who'd never had an office job before reeks of at least inappropriate and deviant behavior. I mean, that's at best. So, like I said, I'm going to I'm going to follow the jury instructions. I'll hear both sides before I come to a decision of the, whether I believe it is indeed true. Perhaps, for all I know, this is all a complete hoax. Okay, this is all trumped up stuff. And if that's true, I'll be the first to breathe a, breathe a sigh of relief. Because I got to tell you, um, this hit me hard. As somebody who has been a professional wrestling fan my whole life and look up to some of these guys. To, who who looks up to these guys and actually wanted at one time to be a part of it, to be there, 
to work for him, it's incredibly problematic for me. Like the Royal Rumble was this weekend. I went to Monster Jam. I really didn't want to watch it. I have tickets to WrestleMania. I kind of don't really want to go. I'm going to because like I said, I'm not going to I'm not going to pass judgment. I know it sounds like I am and maybe I am. Maybe my biases are getting to me. But after reading that complaint to hear people so quick to accuse a potential victim of exploiting the very man who may very well have put her through the most vile exploitation I've ever heard of is just disgusting to me. Imagine if even one-tenth of what she is saying is true. Imagine that was your sister, your daughter, your mother. Imagine how she must feel when she hears people even if a tenth, 10% of what she said is true, here's people who she doesn't even know saying, oh, do me next. Or, oh, you know, what curious timing. Or, oh, well, I've met, you know, I've left jobs for less than that. Why didn't she quit? It's like being victimized again by millions of people you don't even know. And why? Because you've got fond memories of watching The Rock stare down Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania, whatever, 18, 19. Because you, because you just like telling all your friends in high school to suck it and doing a DX chop. I mean, and here's the other thing. The initial investigation showed $12 million in hush money payments. This is only $3 million. So what does that tell you? More of the same. And so this is a long way of me saying that all these people out there who say, well, we shouldn't pass judgment on the defendant until we hear you know, their side should also not pass judgment on somebody who is claiming being a victim, especially something like this. I spoke to a lot of guys over the weekend who've been there. And a lot of the guys who, you know, have had some dealings. There's not a lot of surprise that I'm hearing. And it's troubling for this for this lifelong wrestling fan who has loved the WWE my whole life, who have actually formed relationships with WWE wrestlers, who have, uh, who has actually been backstage at a Royal Rumble, you know, and dreamed as a kid of being there with them. This is the first time in my life where I feel like I may have already have, have dodged a bullet by never being there. Cause I don't know. I, I gotta tell you, I, I'd like to think that I would be strong and stand up and do all these things. But I gotta tell you, as someone who was passionate about being a pro wrestler and wanted nothing more than to work for the WWE for a time, and I was there and I got a chance to be at the show, and it was the only game in town. And I heard, not be I would never be evolved, but to 
to hear that stuff going on. I, I got to tell you, I don't know what I what I would I have been. I, I hope I would have been strong enough to say something. I would be now. But in my 20s, early 30s, would I have been? I don't know. If this was my lifelong dream to be a part of it and I was there and I was just some guy who was just trying to make it and, and, and make a living on wrestling and live in the dream. I don't know. So I want to finish this by saying I really hope it's not true. I hope, I hope, like, you want to hear about biases? I hope it's a complete hoax. I hope the lady's a loon. I hope it never happened and I can go back to believing that Vince McMahon is a crazy, a crazy maniac of a guy, but he's not a deviant who uses his control to do, pass people along like they're cattle. Like, I hope that's not true. But if it is, I, for one, am going to have a very, very hard time continuing to follow something that I know he's no longer a part of, but I know he created. So that that's really all I had. Um, this is it's uh, to people. I want people to know real quick. I I I know sometimes people look at me and say, "Why are you getting so worked up over this fake wrestling stuff? It's so silly." The thing is, is it is silly. I know it's silly. I do it. It's ridiculous a lot of the time. But I have so many fond memories. It's part of my identity, this wrestling thing. It's part of who I am. My kids know it's part of who I am. It's part of my life. I have years and years and years of experiences uh that surround wrestling some of my best friends and i i've spilled blood with people i formed friendships that i never would have formed and this just if this is true it puts a dark cloud over all of that it really does and that may sound silly or stupid or over dramatic but it's true to think that what we know, the landscape we know of, of pro wrestling was created by somebody who could do that to another human being, make another human being feel like they're not human. That'd be a tough pill for me to swallow. So I hope that we... With that, that this goes forward and we get to hear the truth. He says he's going to fight it. He says it's blatant lies and he's going to fight it and and he's going to fight it tooth and nail. And I hope that they depose him. I hope they make it public. I hope he goes to trial and I hope I hear every defense he possibly has. And once I hear that, I'll make my decision. But right now, I got to say, as I said, I hope it's not true. But if it is, man. That is going to be really difficult to swallow.
Thanks for listening. This will be a shorter one. I'm sure you guys are all really tired of hearing from me. Um, uh, uh, you know, I'm always open to if you got a different view, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to talk about this. Um, send me a message. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, sometimes on Twitter. I'm not very good or X or whatever you call it now. Um, you can send me an email. If you've got, if you know me personally, you can text me, call me. Uh, thank you for listening. I hope that uh, this has been informative and hope helpful. Um, I'm going to put a link in here to the actual complaint. If you want to read it, um, it's not for the faint of heart. I've given you very, very small snapshots. So anyway, we got some fun stuff still coming up this next month. Um, so I hope you stick around. I'm still going to interview wrestlers. I got one in the can right now for a local guy. I got some more things that, uh, in the works, some actors, um, some big, big, if I can get, there's one, I got to tell you, if there's one that I'm setting up, that if I get it, it will be a big one for me. Huge. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just having fun. You know, I got a return missionary coming on, uh, working on a mission president. So we got some good, you know, church ones coming up. A lot of good things. So, so keep, uh, keep listening. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to me rant. We'll talk to you later.